Hello and welcome to the Focus Church Podcast. Here you can find all our weekly messages. We trust that God will speak to you today. Enjoy the message. Speaking of Ephesians, we're going to start in Ephesians chapter 4 today. I have, there are two standalone sermons, then Mother's Day, and then we'll get into a series. But I want to talk to you today about winning the war within your mind. I want to talk to you today about winning the war within your mind. Ephesians chapter 4 uh, 22 through 24, it says to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. Let's all read verse 23 together. One, two, three, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. One more time at all of our locations, loud and proud, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. One more time and to be renewed in the spirit of of your minds and to put on new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. I have come today to declare victory over every battle that you are facing between your ears this morning. I don't know if you came in here depressed, stressed, or over obsessed, but I want to let you know that who the sun sets free is free indeed, and you can be renewed by the spirit of your minds. Father, we love you. Thank you for your word. Help us win the battle that is between our ears. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I want to help you today defeat dark moments in your mind. I want to help you Uh, today defeat. I don't know what you came in with. It might look like depression. You might call it mental health. You might call it panic. You might call it anxiousness or anxiety. Uh, You might call it worry. You might call it uh, a chemical imbalance. You might call it stress, but whatever you might call it, I came as a minister of the gospel through the authority given through the word of God and the power of his presence today to denounce any lie that you have believed for a long time. And I want to let you know that you do not have to lose the war within, but you can win the war within. See, there are moments in our lives where we are on cloud nine, and then there are moments where we are in valley low. And how many of you know that every great victory, every great victory, sometimes there's a lie that gets put into the back of your mind where you start to question whether or not you are adequate enough. But my Bible says that he who knew no sin became sin so that I might become the righteousness of God. The greatest victory you can ever have is the victory over sin and death. That is the victory of your salvation. The second greatest victory that you can have is that over the lies of the enemy that are still perpetuating in your mind. There are two great victories in the life of every believer. One is the victory over death, hell, and the grave that we get through the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The second one is when you stop believing everything the enemy is saying and you start living life as more than a conqueror, as victorious. And we today are, are, are given access to this. But how many of you know that in a room this size at all of our locations, it's, it's not all right. There, there, it's like it, it, when the pandemic happened, I read some research that the suicide hotline in America grew by 900%. 900 percent. One in four young adults considered committing suicide during the pandemic. And even just over this past year, antidepressants have gone up 300 percent. 
Now, I want you to know we're not anti-medicine here. We're not anti-medical physicians and medical professionals. If you have a headache, take some Tylenol, you know. We're not out here like barefoot in a drum circle saying just, you know, figure it out for yourself. That's not how we do it around here. But what we do believe is that in addition to the medical help that you receive, there is spiritual freedom that comes by claiming the name of Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. I want to remind you that the brain is also an organ just like your sinuses or any other organ that you have. So if you need help, you can get that help, but you can also get healing. That both are available today. I wrote this in my notes, whether you're coming in today where it looks like you have it all together, it's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. (laughs) It's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. Are you with me? We need to go to God's word and we need to look at a narrative. Now that we know that we can be renewed in the spirit of our minds, we need to go to an Old Testament narrative that shows us how to win the war within. We are going to look at the prophet Elijah. Everybody say Elijah. Elijah Elijah is a prophet, and he's one bad dude. He's going up against some false prophets, and they're going to a rap battle like Eight Mile. Did anybody ever see Eight Mile? Y'all saw that movie? Don't act holy in church. Mom's spaghetti already, whatever. They go to a battle, and the battle is this. Which one of our gods can light fire to the altar? And so, and he goes, he goes, y'all go first. So he lets them go first, and they go to do their chants, and they're to the prophets of, of Baal. They go to pounding their chest and doing their chants, and he's just eating Doritos in the corner. And then he starts to taunt them. I love Elijah. He's one bad dude. He's like, uh, maybe you're not chanting loud enough. Maybe your God, he says, maybe your God is asleep. (laughs) Baal does nothing. The altar remains without fire, and Elijah comes, and he prays one prayer. Fire comes. There's a drought in the land. He prays one prayer, and rain falls. He's a bad dude. He is on the high of highs. He is miracle after miracle after miracle. Prophet to the nations. Man's God of, uh, of the hour. Uh, too sweet to be sour. He is, he is really on, uh, he's on a mission to watch God do the miraculous and to prove that you don't need the prophets of Baal, but that you can actually worship Yahweh, our God, our God who saves. And we pick up in in 1 Kings 19, where we realize that even a hero of our faith, who at the high of his life, has a moment where his mind gets dark. Let me say that one more time. Even a hero of our faith, who at the high of his life, has a moment where his mind gets dark. 1 Kings 19, chapter 2. 1 Kings 19, chapter 2. So Jezebel... You never want to mess with Jezebel. Jezebel sent a Facebook messenger. She slid into his DMs. She tweeted a mean tweet. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, may the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like one of them. That's a death threat. 
That's code word for, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to cut you. And you would think that Elijah, after receiving a death threat, after receiving a death threat via messenger, so not directly, let's be very clear here, like she didn't actually tell him this to his face. She never laid a hand on him. She didn't actually attack him. She sent an intern to tell him something. And you think since this guy has seen fire come down from heaven, since this guy has seen rain uh, end a drought, since this God is, this guy is God's man of, uh, of power for the hour, you would think that he would just block and delete. You would think that he would just ignore you would think that he would just cancel and say, I'm not listening to that. But that's not what it says in verse 3. It says, Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. She got in his head. Jezebel got into his head. And he was afraid and he ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba and Judah, he left his servant there. And while he was and while he was by himself, he went on the day's journey into the wilderness. Isn't that what we always do when life gets dark? We go into isolation mode. We go into hibernation mode. We go into nobody can tell me anything different. Nobody can give me any good advice. We stop attending church. We take a step back from serving. We, we, we say, you know what? I cannot, I cannot do this right now. I got to go by myself. Anytime the enemy tries to speak a lie to you, our first response is usually, well, I want to do this all by myself, and I want to let you know that you cannot do life by yourself. He makes a bad choice, and look what he says. He, he came to a, a broom bush. <clears throat> he came to a broom bush, and he himself did a day's, a day's journey into the wilderness, and he came to a broom bush, and he sat down under it, and he prayed that he might die. Prayed that he might die. Go to the next verse. I've had enough, Lord, he said. This is the same guy that prayed down fire from heaven. Take my life. I am no better than any of my ancestors. And he laid down under the bush and he falls asleep. Isn't it interesting that whenever we get attacked in our mind, everything starts to fall apart? Isn't it fascinating how the same guy who just had a victorious battle against the prophets of Baal can be the same guy that prays that God would take his life in minutes from here to down there, in moments from here to down there. And he's laying asleep under the tree and we get insight as to how to win the war within from Elijah because we see three ways to win the war within. I'm, I'm so grateful for this narrative because it helps us understand what do we do when the enemy has convinced us of something that is not true? What do we do when there's a threat or pressure in our minds? How do we win the war within our ears? The first thing you got to do is you got to take care of yourself. <laughs> Doesn't sound very spiritual. It very much so is spiritual. Look what happens here in, in verse 5. And an angel, uh, and, and then he laid down and fell asleep. And all at once, an angel touched him and said, come on, somebody. Get up and eat. Woo, woo, woo. We serve a good God. 
Go to the next verse. It gets better. He looked around, and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then laid down again. I don't know about you, but we serve the God who lays me down to sleep. And when I wake up, not, not even far away, within arm's reach, come on, somebody, is some carbohydrates that aren't cold or frozen or need to be thawed out. They are being baked. <laughs> the hot and ready light is on over coals. And it's right there. Some of you, you need to take care of yourself. You haven't had a good meal and a good nap in a long time. Come on. Aren't you glad God didn't send him kale salad? Here's your fruit smoothie. No, thank you. Give me all the biscuits. Give me all the bread. Give me all the pancakes. Give me all the carbs. Many of us, we lack care for ourselves and that's why the enemy is is winning the war within because we haven't slept good in a long time we haven't ate good in a long time and i wonder if 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 i could just be honest some of you would it would do you so much better than scrolling on your phone it would do you so much better than getting uh, angry and, and overreacting it would give you it would get you so much further if you just laid down and took a rest. It. It would, I bet you there's a very few things in life that a good nap can't fix. See, uh, you, you got to sleep more because two-thirds of Americans, they don't get enough sleep. You're not sleeping enough. As a matter of fact, there are, uh, there are real chemical imbalances. I'm not denying those things, but there's also lifestyle imbalances. Like some of you, your, your, your mind is, is racing and the enemy has attacked you because you're not sleeping enough. And you come to my office and you ask for counseling. And you come to our office and you ask for care. And we're going to pray for you and we're going to love on you. And we're going to make sure you get the help that you need. But sometimes it's just a nap. They don't like this practical preaching because it actually gives them action to do something. But Elijah says, my mind is worn out. I got to lay down. God wakes them up with the smell of the bread. He eats, he drinks, and guess what he does? He lays back down. Put your phone on airplane mode. Don't worry about the score. You can figure it out in the morning. The highlight video on YouTube of the game is better than the game. I can consolidate your three-hour game into a 10-minute YouTube video. Nobody likes to hear that. See, a little bit of exercise, a little bit of sleep, a little bit of good food, whole foods can transform the way you think. I'm not saying that your, your mind isn't chemically broken. What I'm saying is you could help it by sleeping, eating, and just getting some good rest. I I read this this stat this week that 90% of snow accidents actually happen actually at the end of the day. 90% of snow skiing accidents happen at the end of the day. So I got a picture of me on my first ski trip. 
just so that you can see my, my, my little bundled up self. Can we throw that up there? There it is. I'm the one in the red. That's my dad. My dad was a youth pastor, so they would take a ski trip every year as a youth group, and they would always take you to like little school, you know, ski school for the first couple days so that you knew the rules and things like that. But when I read this, that 90% of snow skiing accidents happen actually at the end of the day, um, what the article said was that people get overconfident yet physically weary. <laughs> I could do this by myself. I could take on this hill. I can take on this mountain. I could take on this battle. I could take on this fight. And what you don't realize is that you are overconfident because you've been in it so long, but you are actually physically weary because your body is breaking down. Can I just encourage somebody with a good nap today? Like it's raining outside. Don't take a nap right now. I was traveling and preaching this week. This is not in my notes, but I'm going to tell the story anyways. And I was preaching, man. I tell you, I was preaching to this group of pastors. And they were all um, seasoned saints, you know, older. I'm, I'm on the younger side of the group of pastors that I was speaking to. They were about 10 years younger than God. And so I was, I was up there. And when I tell you I'm preaching, I am preaching. I'm preaching. I'm giving them what they want. You know, where's the old school preaching? I'm giving them what they paid me to give them, you know. And sure enough, like, second row, this dude just like. <laughs> he was embracing, you know, getting enough sleep, I guess. Your body is tired. You need, to, you need to rest some. You need to rest some. Don't retreat away from the, the presence of God, but just turn your, air, turn your phone on airplane mode. It's not that hard. And you got a Sabbath. You have to take a Sabbath. I take Fridays off, and what I, I, I work with my mind, so I have to Sabbath with my hands. So if you are sedentary, you work in an office, and you think a lot for your job, you have to think a lot, and you're typing a lot, and things like that, you should probably find an activity to, to do with your hands. Now, if you work with your hands, you need to Sabbath with your mind. So for me, it's like yard work is my Sabbath. I looked at my grass yesterday. I was yeah. like, oh, glory to God. I looked at the mulch. I was like, glory. I walked my dog outside. I was like, glory. <laughs> Why? Because I work with my mind all week long. I read, I write, I shoot videos, I text, I do all the things. And so on Friday, I get to work with my hands. And I try my best to, whatever I've done that week, I try to Sabbath with the opposite. Ecclesiastes 4, 6 says this, it's better to have one handful with quietness than two handfuls with hard work and chasing the wind. Some of you are exhausted because you're chasing the wind. Don't chase the wind. If it's costing you your mental health, it's too expensive. It's too expensive. So go home and take a nap today. Permission granted. All of you, the whole family, bring down the blinds, blackout curtains, noise machine, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. So secondly, you got to get into God's presence. You got to get into God's presence. I got to take care of myself and then I got to get into God's presence. See, what happens is in verse 9, he, the, uh, Elijah starts to question his identity and his calling. In verse 10, he says, have, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty, and the Israelites have rejected the covenant, torn down your altars, and they put up prophets uh, to death with the sword. I'm the only one left. 
and now they're trying to kill me too. He's getting into his feelings because he's burned out, worn out, and he hasn't been in the presence of God for a long time. See, if you don't take care of yourself and if you don't get into God's presence, then you'll never receive what the Bible says in Psalm 16, which is the fullness of joy. You make known to me the path of life, and in your presence there is the fullness of Say it one more time. Fullness of? Joy. Say it with a smile on your face. Fullness of? Joy. Come on, one more time. In your presence there is the fullness of? Joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Meaning close to God is joy and pleasures forevermore. If you get outside of the presence of God, that's when the battle starts to feel like you're losing. Because there's no joy outside of the presence of God. There's no pleasures forevermore outside of the presence of God. So the first thing you need to do is you need to take a nap, you need to eat a good meal, and then you need to get into God's presence because in his presence there's fullness of joy. <laughs> this is what happens in verse 11 through 13. I'm preaching way better than this church is shouting today, but that's okay. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. For the Lord is about to pass by. Whew, I pray that he does that in your life today. I pray that he comes close in your life today. Then a great and powerful wind tore through the wind, tore through the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and he went out and he stood out at the mouth of the cave. Then the voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? I want God to speak to you today. I want his presence to come close to you. Maybe you're not winning the war in your mind because you haven't heard the whisper of God in a long time. But when you take care of yourself and when you get into God's presence, my friends, you can experience the fullness of joy. Mm. Then he, you know, he replies, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant and torn down the altars and put down the sword. I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. Always exaggerate. You always exaggerate. You ever met somebody that exaggerates? Come on now. They stub their toe, and they got to go to, you know, physical therapy for seven months. They get into a fender bender. They're like, mmm, that one's going to cost you. See, the battle of your mind always tries to exaggerate the bad and minimize the good in your life. The battle in your mind will always try to get you to emphasize the bad and diminish the good. But the psalmist says, magnify the Lord. <laughs> I'm preaching today. Sometimes when, when, your, when your problems seem big, it's because you haven't magnified the Lord. You need to make him magnificent. You need to lift your eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? It comes from the Lord. You got to get into the presence of God in order to magnify the Lord. He's got to get bigger and your problems got to get smaller. So what is God's response? I'm so glad that you've asked. The Lord said to him, go back to the way, that, the way that you came and go over to the desert of Damascus. And when you get there, anoint Hazael, king of Aram. Also anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, king of Israel. And anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat. Uh, side note, my favorite verse to preach is when he goes to anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, where he throws his cloak over his shoulders while Elisha is uh, 
plowing the oxen and with the oxen and he burns his plows and he slaughters the oxen. He gives the meat to the townspeople, leaving him no alternative but to follow the man of God. Fully devoted. He didn't put his oxen on layaway or in storage just in case things with the prophet doesn't work out. He fully devoted himself to the, to the work of the ministry. Shaped my ministry greatly when my grandfather preached that and threw his coat over my shoulder. And Abel, Mehola, to succeed you as prophet. Jehu will put to death any who escape the sword of Hazael, and Elijah will put to death any who escape the sword of Jehu, meaning we're about to kill these dudes. Yet I reserve <laughs> 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal and whose mouths have not kissed him. Aren't you grateful that when you feel alone, God has reserved 7,000 people to come alongside you? Every time you feel like Elijah felt, oh, woe is me, I'm all alone. No one knows what I'm going through. No one understands. God will speak into your situation and say, I've got 7,000 people whose knee has never bowed, whose lips have never kissed the idols of our day. And I'm looking for a church that is pure, holy, and righteous, whose knees will not bow down to Baal whose lips will not kiss that of an idol, but instead they will say, we got your back. So you're at a church that believes in community. We believe in the power that comes with knowing that you're not by yourself in your struggle, that you are not alone in your own head, that those lies are straight from the pit of hell, and you got people around you that are willing to say, that's a lie. You are not all by yourself. You will not die under this broom bush. God has reserved 7,000 Israelites for you. So go anoint your friends and let them take care of business and wait because there are 7,000 people. Don't kill yourself now. Don't die on me now. God wants to tell you today if you're thinking about committing suicide, don't die on me now. Don't die on me now because there are 7,000 people in Raleigh, North Carolina who are waiting. There is a remnant of people that are waiting to come to your rescue. And you, my friend, will have the testimony that says, I was under the broom bush. I was in the mouth of the cave. But I came out because I won the war within. I won the war within. So what do you have to do? Well, you got to take care of yourself. You got to get into God's presence. And you got to commit to community. You got to commit to surrounding yourself with people who will pull you out of that broom bush and pull you out of that cave, who will pull you out of the valley of despair, pull you out of the darkness, pull you out and say, you better not quit. There are 7,000 people assigned to you already whose knee has never hit the ground and whose lips have never kissed Baal. You can't do this by yourself. The Musicians can return at all of our locations. See, the size of my struggle is usually determined by the size of my isolation. How many of you know that? Normally, however long you've been lonely is how how hard the battle is. COVID did a number on me, y'all. I'm an extrovert. I need to be with friends. I need to be with people. Mess me up. Mess me up. You know, this room was completely empty. Now it's full three times over, but imagine this room completely empty trying to do what I do. It's hard. I need, I need you, Therese. If you ain't shouting, I'm not preaching. 
I, 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 see, the thing is, I can't get stuck in the mouth of a cave. I can't get stuck yeah. under the broom yes. bush. I have to know that when I wake up on Sunday mornings, yes. that the faith in the room is yes. going to rise, not because of anything yes. I've said, but because together, collectively, we believe in the power of assembling the saints. Therefore, we will not neglect assembling together. COVID messed me up. I got angry. I thought, well, why don't we just shut it down? Why? Because the enemy will take your season of isolation. He will exaggerate your defeat and minimize your victory. He will get you to stop taking care of yourself. It is when, can I just be vulnerable with you? I gained the most weight during COVID in my entire life. I was, I was in the best shape of my life in March of 2020. Why? Because you start to isolate. You start to self-medicate. You start to believe the lies that you're hearing because you have no one around saying, let me pull you out of that cave. Let me pull you out from underneath that tree. Don't make me be the only vulnerable person here. You need to commit to community. One of the ways you do that is by joining in to a life group, is by joining in on a serve team. If you just come in and you just leave and then you go through something and we don't know, we don't know because we don't know. I get emails all the time. I just never got connected. We have to go somewhere else. Call the office. Did they serve on a team? No, they never served on a team. Did they ever go to a party with the pastor? They never went to a party with the pastor. Did they ever attend a life group? They never attended a life group. How often did they, did they attend? It looks like their kids were checked in once every six weeks. It's my fault? You got to commit to community. You got to commit to appropriate vulnerability saying, I messed up. I need you. God has assigned 7,000 people around you. This church is not about preaching and music. It is about surrounding you in your time of need. I've seen the church rise up while Pastor Brayton, our our, our youth pastor, and Megan uh, have had a a child with a a heart condition. And I've seen the church rise up when I saw couples live with each other while their houses were being built. They said, we don't have any place to go. And so they moved in with one another as, as roommates. And I saw them go through a lot. They could testify. But what is it? I'm not going to let you go through this alone. I'm not going to let you go through this season alone. I, I've seen guys lose their job on a dime. And I, I'm not going to let you go. Th- what's your cash app? I'm not going to let you go through this alone. Where, where, what's your address? I'll bring you some food. I'm not going to let you go through this. I'm not going to let Elijah remain at the bottom of the tree or at the mouth of the cave. Elijah's got to take care of himself and he's got to get in the presence of God. But we together commit to community. That's why when I see you guys jolt, I mean, there's smoke on your heels as you leave. Your tires are burning rubber. I'm like, where where do you possibly have to go on a rainy Sunday? Just hang out. Say hello to the, your neighbor. You've been worshiping next to the same person for two years. And you've never just like, hello. Hi. Come on. We got to commit to community. You want to know why we have to commit to community? Because the first problem in the Bible was not sin. It was actually solitude. For it is not good. It is not good for man to be alone. So you got to take care of yourself in the dark moments. You got to get into the presence of God.
and you got to get some friends in your life that will encourage you. I rejoined a gym that I had left about six months ago. I rejoined it this week, which is always awkward. It's like coming back to church after you were, you went church shopping for a couple of weeks and you realize that it's pretty good here. <laughs> so I, I walk humbly back into this gym. It's a class-based gym, and so everybody sees you. They know you. And I get, next, I get paired next to this guy on the treadmill, and he is the happiest dude, just excited to be there. And I'm not having it, y'all. I'm tired. I've been on the road. I've been on more airplanes the past couple of weeks. I just, I ate so much on the road. They just treated me so good in Louisiana, man. If, there's, if you're ever starving, just find yourself a church in Louisiana. You will not go hungry, guaranteed. So I joined, I joined, the, I joined I rejoined this gym kind of embarrassed, like, oh, I left six months ago and I've been working out at the house and I wanted to go back. And, and I'm, I'm gassed at the end of this workout. And I, I do not want to press the numbers that the coach is telling you to press on the treadmill. I want to, look, I want to like fake it, you know, like go to 10. And I'm like six, you know, like, go to 11. I'm like four, <laughs> you know, <laughs> this guy he's like what's your name I said my name is Mike he's like my name's Nate and he said we're gonna finish this thing together and he reached over <laughs> and he pressed in not on his treadmill on mine he said we're gonna finish this thing together bro I said okay can I tell you right now I had nothing left until he pressed 10 and when he said, we're gonna finish this thing together, my legs started moving, my heart started pumping. He was at an 11, so I was like, I gotta go to 11. And I went to 11, and we sprinted our way all the way home. Now, there is a race that we are all marked out for. There is a race and a finish line at the end of our life. And today is not the day to finish your life today. But if you want someone to run with you, I will gladly say we're going to finish this thing together. If you've been attacked in your mind, if you've been depressed, if you've been obsessed, if you've been stressed, I want to let you know that we're going to finish this race together. I don't know what pace you're running at right now, but there's not going to be a weapon formed against you. We're going to run this thing until the very end. I'm going to reach over and I'm going to say, no, you're not going to quit. That divorce is not going to be final. Those kids are not going to be wayward children. They are going to come back from the Lord. You're not going to be unemployed forever. You're not just going to live in a mediocre life, but instead I'll reach over and I'll be one of the 7,000 people of Israel whose, kneel, whose knee has not kneeled and whose lips have not kissed. Keep running. Stand to your feet at all of our locations. Maybe you're dealing with something today. Messing with your mind. Maybe you're dealing with mental health, stress, anxiety. Maybe you say, Pastor, I need to take care of myself. I need to get into the presence of God. And I needed to be reminded that someone is running next to me. You need to get into community. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you say that word was for me today, would you just raise your hand? That word was for me today. Keep your hand up. 
If your hand is up today, I just want to let you know we believe in you. Would you reach over if you see someone with their hand up right now? Just put your hand on their shoulder at all of our locations. At all of our locations. Go ahead. Move around if you need to. Find someone. If you, if you say, that's me. I need prayer today. I'm not going to call you up, but I am going to call people to pray around you. Pray for them right now as if it was you. You don't need to know the specifics. You just know that they're struggling to win the battle within their mind. In Jesus' name right now. Depression, go in Jesus' name. Anxiety, go in Jesus' name. Every battle that you're not enough, that you're not good enough, that you're not worthy, go in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. name. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. In Jesus' name. Clarity of mind right now in Jesus' name. Clarity of thought right now. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be renewed by the spirit in your mind. In Jesus' name. A new mind. A new mind right now. A new name and a new nature. We are taking off old clothes and we are putting on the clothes of righteousness. You are the righteousness of God. You got 7,000 people assigned to assist you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Just pray for them out loud right now at all of our locations. Just pray for them. Pray for them. Pray for them right now. Find someone and pray for them. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast. This ministry is made possible because of the generosity of many people just like you. To partner with us, you can click the link in our description or visit www.givetofocus.com. If you like this podcast, you can subscribe now and share it with a friend. For more inspirational content, subscribe to our YouTube channel, www.youtube.com slash focuschurch. Join us next week for another incredible message.